Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is our group learning program where we study the words of the Buddha on Sundays and then on Wednesdays, I help you to learn meditation. And then this particular class is our second part of a four-part series where I'm helping you to learn breathing mindfulness meditation. Last week on Wednesday, I went through some detailed teachings to help you understand breathing mindfulness meditation, and we did an actual session together. And this week, we're going to just be doing a session together, and then I'm going to open up to any questions that you guys might have. Because from our Sunday classes until now on Wednesday, there might have been certain things that you thought about. Maybe you asked some questions on Sunday. Maybe you read some of the book prior to or after the class on Sunday. Maybe you have some questions here on Wednesday about the content that I discussed on Sunday. Or you might have questions about your meditation practice. You might have run across various things in your week so far that you'd like to understand how do the Buddhist teachings apply to this. Various things can come up as you're progressing in your day-to-day life. So we use Wednesdays in order to do meditation together. And then I open up to any questions that you guys might have. At one point, maybe about six weeks from now, I'll be teaching you Buddhist chanting. But for the next six weeks, I'll be doing breathing mindfulness meditation. And then there's going to be a loving kindness meditation where we do a four-part series as well. So over the course of the first two months of this program, you're going to be learning breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation. And then by the third month, you'll be learning Buddhist chanting. And you'll see that the very first class of the four-part series of each of those I will use it in order to share the teachings with you of how to accomplish and how to do what it is that I'm sharing with you and actually why you might be interested to do breathing mindfulness meditation, loving kindness meditation, or Buddhist chanting. And then the subsequent classes, I'll be opening up to any questions that you guys might have. So I'll invite you guys to join for meditation here in a bit. But before we even get started, let me just see if you guys have any questions from last week on Wednesday where I introduced you to breathing mindfulness meditation. And you may have been practicing that this week and you might actually have some questions already. The way that you can ask those questions is put those into Facebook, YouTube or Zoom. You can put those into the comment section. Our moderators will see that and be sure your question gets asked. Or in Zoom, you can electronically raise your hand and ask any questions about meditation. And then after we do our meditation session together, I'll open up to any questions about meditation or anything else related to the path to enlightenment that you guys would like to discuss. Thank you, sir. Um, It does not appear that there are any questions at this time. 
Okay, well, I'll just invite you guys then to join for meditation. We'll do this breathing mindfulness meditation session together very similarly as we did last week. And then afterwards, when we finish up, we'll open up for more questions and see if there's any questions that you guys have at that point. So if you're on the floor, you might grab a cushion or a pillow or something and put that under your rear and then lightly cross the legs. If you're in a chair, you might just have your feet flat on the floor or cross at the ankles. Your hands and arms, the Buddha put his right hand over his left with his thumbs together, and then he put that into his lap. If that's comfortable for you, you can use that, but there's other options as well. You might decide to put your palms on your thighs, on your knees, maybe palms up. If you have a chair with an armrest, you might even just rest your arms on the armrest of the chair. Essentially, the lower body and the hands and arms should be completely relaxed. The upper body should be erect. This keeps the mind attentive and alert during your meditation session because this is a dedicated, active, purposeful training session where you're either eliminating certain unwholesome qualities or cultivating certain wholesome qualities. So you need the mind to be attentive and alert. And the way that you accomplish that is by keeping the upper body nice and erect. The next thing you do is close the eyes and start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Here you're just looking to start establishing the breath. Breathing in and out. I'm going to do some chanting to help ease us into meditation. If you know these chants, you're welcome to join along, and then I'll be back with some more guidance after the chanting. Sama 
samoto vicha charanang samuno sakato roka vito anu tero purisa Dhamma sati sata tawa manu sanang Poto pakewati Okay, you should just be breathing in through the nose. and out through the nose. This is your practice. Your breath isn't going to necessarily sync up with the guidance that I'm providing. So wherever you get to your next inhale, breathe in through the nose, establishing the breath, experiencing the full inhale. And then whenever you get to it, Go ahead and breathe out through the nose, experiencing the full exhale. Breathing in. And out. Breathing in. In, out. Once the breath is well established, start fixating the mind on the sound of the breath or the sensation of air moving into the nose. The breath is the present moment. Fixate the mind on the breath, the present moment. Breathing in. In, out. Breathing in. In, out. With the mind fixated on the breath, whenever you observe that the mind is moving off the breath, cut that off, let it go and come back to the breath, the present moment. No need to observe the thought, label it, judge it, analyze it, or even try to figure out where it's coming from. Instead, just wherever you observe that the mind is off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in, In, out. Breathing in. In, out. 
I'm going to be quiet now and let you do this work of focusing on the breath. Cutting off and letting go anytime the mind moves off the breath. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. This is your time to focus on the breath. Breathing in. In, out.
I will just welcome all of you guys who have joined us for our Wednesday class because this is a time for us to encourage and support and motivate each other in our meditation practice. Our meditation practice is an independent practice that we're just focused on having the body, the mind, and the breath, and that's all you really need in order to meditate. But there are certain times where you might come together like this as a group, either online or in person, and this can be very encouraging, supporting, and motivating in your meditation practice. And then I would also like to remind you that with breathing mindfulness meditation, our goal isn't to eliminate the thoughts. That's not what you're actually going for because it's impossible for you to eliminate thoughts as long as you're alive. Instead, what you're doing is you're gaining more control over the mind. You're arising this mindfulness or awareness of mind so that when the mind is off the breath, you're aware of that sooner and sooner. 
you're developing concentration where you can focus on a single object like the breath and have concentration or focus and clarity of mind. And when the mind does move off the breath, that you're able to cut that off, let it go and bring the mind back to the breath. And if you've just started recently meditating, you are most likely experiencing a lot of bombardment of thoughts or it may be very difficult for you to observe that the mind has wandered or it may be very challenging to bring the mind back to the breath this is all very normal for people who first start you're not going to be an expert at meditation when you first start it's going to take you many months to build up your meditation practice but you should start seeing over a period of months that the improvements to the condition of the mind are starting to take place both in terms of your meditation practice but also in daily life, as you're learning and practicing the full path more and more, you get more and more time of doing this practice, then you'll see the conditions to the mind are gradually improving. So don't have expectations that you should be an expert at meditation today. That's not realistic at all. Instead, just dedicate yourself and commit yourself to gradual training, gradual practice that will result in gradual progress. And then as we come together on Wednesdays like this, not only is it a time to encourage, support, and motivate each other, but it's a time for you to get answers to any questions that you might have related to meditation or what we might have covered on Sunday or anything that you're reading, anything that you're coming across in terms of the Buddhist teachings. If you're looking for guidance on how to apply certain teachings that the Buddha taught into your life, on Wednesdays, it's just a free form questions, except for when I'm actually teaching certain content like I did last week. So on these subsequent Wednesdays, you'll be able to just ask any and all questions you like. And then when we get to loving kindness meditation, the very first class on loving kindness meditation, I'll be teaching again how to actually do loving kindness meditation, why we do it, what is it antidote, what is it remedy, and then the subsequent classes will be doing meditation together and opening up to any questions that you might have. So if you have questions, you can put those into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom in the comment section. Our moderators will see that. Or you can raise your hand electronically in Zoom and ask any questions or follow-up questions that you like. Yes, thank you, sir. Um, on YouTube, Michael Jenkins asks, when we focus on the breath and a thought arises, you say, do not note it and go back to the breath. How do we know it's not from our past experiences or lives by disregarding it? The purpose of meditation isn't to be dwelling in thoughts. That's not what you're actually doing. With breathing mindfulness meditation, you're accomplishing the arising of those wholesome qualities of mindfulness and concentration, and you're developing the ability to cut off and let go of anything that is arising, which is going to help you to eliminate craving, desire, attachment. Where these qualities come into play is that once you're cultivating the mind like this in meditation, where you're arising mindfulness, you're developing concentration, and you're easily cutting off and letting go of thoughts, now, when you learn the Eightfold Path, that mental discipline section of right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration, you can see that you're developing mindfulness and concentration, but you're also applying right effort in meditation to cut off and let go of thoughts. So you're exercising the mind in meditation so that now in daily life, 
you can have mindfulness and awareness of mind and you can have concentration to be able to focus and have clarity of mind and concentration. And then when you observe with mindfulness in daily life that anger or sadness or frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, boredom, loneliness, shyness, resentment, jealousy, any discontent feelings are arising. Then you observe that in daily life because you have mindfulness from your meditation practice that's been arisen. And now you can easily cut that off and let it go. And then the mind doesn't have to experience those discontent feelings. And this is how you get control over the mind that now with an unenlightened mind in daily life when these discontent feelings are arising whether they're pleasant feelings painful feelings or neither painful nor pleasant the mind isn't able to be controlled and it just kind of runs wild like a wild animal because there hasn't been training of the mind and there isn't the discipline but when you're practicing meditation two or three times a day for 30 minutes or more and you get your sessions up closer and closer to that you'll see that you've got this discipline of the mind that you didn't have before so that you can observe these feelings that they're starting to arise and you can cut them off and let them go and now you just saved yourself a whole lot of trouble of having to experience the sadness and the anger and the frustration and all these other discontent feelings when you do that enough in daily life where you're cutting off the unwholesome thoughts then eventually you get to a point where you've transformed the mind enough where there aren't any unwholesome thoughts that arise. In meditation, you're cutting off all thoughts. Again, you're not trying to eliminate thoughts. You're just trying to gain this control. You're cutting off all thoughts because that's our training. But then in daily life, if there's a wholesome thought that comes up, like you're interested in going to the movies or you would like to buy your friend a gift or something like this, you know, go forward. That's your wholesome thought that you're having. But in daily life where you see an unwholesome thought arise or a feeling or something like this, you cut that off and let it go. And you'll be able to do that more readily when you've been training in meditation to be able to accomplish that. So your goal in meditation isn't to sit there and observe the thoughts and figure out whether it's a past thought or a past life or a future thought. That's not what breathing mindfulness meditation is all about. It's a rising mindfulness. It's about rising concentration. So now you have those qualities available to you in daily life. And now you train the mind to easily let go of thoughts and come back to the breath and meditation. Because the whole problem that we talked about on Sunday is how the mind is holding on. It's craving permanence. It does not like change. It wants to be this wild animal. So it's holding on and holding on and holding on. So a thought comes up and now the mind becomes obsessive in daily life about this thought, whatever thought you're having. And you're not able to cut it off because you don't have control over the mind. So through successive meditation sessions over a long-term period, you gain this control of the mind that where you see the mind being obsessive or you see it having craving or you see it having anger or any of these other discontent feelings now because you've trained really well in meditation you're now able to apply that training outside of meditation and cut that off and let it go and now as you do that over a long-term period you'll eventually get to the point where there's no discontent feelings arising because you've eliminated all the conditions that are causing them to arise. And this is an important training, important part of your practice to do the breathing mindfulness meditation in the way that the Buddha taught. And then with those same qualities, apply what I'm sharing now 
in daily life. But we haven't got to that in this program yet. We're going to be talking about it two Sundays from now, where I discuss the mental discipline in detail and explain to you how the meditation that you're doing, applying it through the Eightfold Path in daily life. It's kind of like the Karate Kid. If you remember, Daniel was painting the fence and waxing the cars and washing the cars, and he didn't think he was learning karate. And then Mr. Miyagi had to show him, hey, you've been learning karate. So what I'm doing with you is teaching you the breathing mindfulness meditation, getting that underway because it's so important. And then two Sundays from now, I'm going to show you how all of this is connecting together because over the course of three Sundays, I'm explaining to you the entire Eightfold Path. Wonderful. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Also on YouTube, Davide asks, thank you for your attention. At the moment, I set up my meditation sessions two times a day, about 10 minutes each. My intention is to have three sessions a day, about 20 to 30 minutes each, from this moment to one month. Do you think it can work for me now, or do I have to force the time and the number of sessions as soon as possible? Thank you. You shouldn't ever put the mind in a situation where you're forcing something. You know, the mind's not going to like that. And you know that because when people have tried to force things on you, you didn't like it. So if you try to force something on the mind, the mind's going to typically reject it. It's either going to fight you or it's going to run. So you can have these goals that you set up a goal like, okay, in one month's time, this is where I'd like to be in my meditation practice. But don't get fixed or cling to that because if you fall short of that goal, then you're going to be discontent if you have clinging or you have expectation or craving. Instead, set up a goal to motivate you of where you'd like to be. And then when you get to that time in life, if you're short of that goal, all right, well, just extend it and continue to get motivated towards that goal. If you've met the goal, then don't get arrogant and egotistical about it, but just be like, all right, great. I met this goal. What's the next goal? So these goals and objectives can be motivating, but if you have an expectation and you're craving it and you're yearning for it and longing for it, that wouldn't be wise because you're just setting yourself up for discontentedness if you don't get it, or even if you get it, you're setting yourself up for that. So each person is going to progress differently. There isn't a way for me to say, okay, yes, that's a realistic goal for you, or you know, it's not a realistic goal for you because everybody's life is a bit different. The condition of each person's mind when they're starting on the path is different. Your dedication and your commitment to the goal is going to be different. So set up a goal that you think is realistic and obtainable and then work towards it and just be comfortable to know that if you fall short of that, just stay focused on the goal and just extend your timeline. You don't have to beat yourself up or feel like you're not being successful or anything like that because whatever you're setting your goal towards and whatever you're building up to, that's better than what you were doing a month ago, for example, right? Uh, so even if you fall short slightly of your goal or even more than slightly, just look at the positive side, that the cup is half full, right? So if a couple of weeks ago you weren't meditating at all and now you set this goal of two to three meditation sessions of 20 to 30 minutes, and let's just say you get to two sessions for 15 minutes a session and that's kind of what you get to after a month. 
even though it's short of the goal, it's still better than what you were doing previous. So focus on the progress and the growth rather than what the mind tends to want to do is focus on, oh, you fell short of the goal. You're no good. You're not good at this. The mind's going to be kind of trying to convince you to give up that you're no good. It's going to perhaps have this negative self-talk in there trying to tell you to give up. But instead, you're not interested in listening to that because as long as you listen to that negative aspect of the mind, then things aren't going to actually improve. So you treat this mind like a third entity. And there's this person that's trying to train this mind. And this mind's going to throw a temper tantrum. It's going to talk negative. It's going to complain. It's going to you know, do all kinds of stuff. It's going to run and hide. It's going to fight you. It's going to do all these different things. But instead, you just stay dedicated and you be the wise person in the room. You be the adult in the room that's looking at this third entity, the mind, and say, hey, get over here. You're going to train. And the mind's like, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to train. I don't want to train. Like, come on, let's get over here. You, You sometimes have to coax the mind into these kind of things, but you're not interested in forcing it or craving or clinging to any particular goals or having expectations of yourself. There's this transformation that you need to make where Typically, the way that we think is that I want to do this or I expect to do this or I'm required to do this. These are all words that are going to promote craving, desire, attachment in the mind, and it's going to ultimately cause discontentedness. Instead, you would like to use this language where, okay, I would like to be at this point with my meditation practice, or I have an interest to be here, or I'm going to set this goal to be here, fully realizing that I might fall short of that, but I'm going to use this goal as a motivating force to move towards the goal, and then just know that you may fall short of that, and that's okay. As long as you're making progress, that's the whole goal. Wonderful. Thank you, sir. Um, And then on Facebook, Jeff O'Reilly asks, Teacher David, when the mind is racing and seems too difficult to settle, is it better to focus on shorter meditation session? Is consistency more important than the time that we meditate? Yes, the frequency is actually more important than the length of time. Ideally, you know, you will build up to two or three sessions for 30 minutes or more, but that's going to take quite a while. I know some students have taken more than a year to build up to that, and it's okay. That's where you are in your practice and what you're doing. But if you're doing just one session a day, for example, for 30 minutes, it would be better to do two sessions for 15 minutes per session. You're going to find more benefits in having more frequency versus the duration. So if you can build in at least two meditations a day, even if they're five or 10 minutes per session, it's okay. Because then once you've got that space in your life, you'll just gradually expand those individual sessions to be longer and longer. And this is where you'll see more progress when you build up your frequency rather than the duration. Don't focus as much on the duration because if you have just one session a day and you miss that session, That means it's going to be 48 hours before you meditate again. Whereas if you have two sessions a day and you miss one, then it's only a matter of probably like 10 or 12 hours before you have another one. So it's much better to have the frequency, not only for this reason that I'm mentioning, because if you miss one, then you've got another one right behind it. But also 
if you're meditating in the morning, it kind of gets your mind ready for the day and you can kind of go out the door in a much better state of mind. And then if you're meditating in the evening, then you're going to have a much better quality sleep, which means you're going to wake up much more refreshed. So having that frequency is much more important than the duration. Thank you, sir. And then on YouTube, Davide asks, during my session, when I focus on the breath, many thoughts arise. What I do is to observe the thought and then go back to the breath without judging the thought or myself. I use this technique only when I become aware of the presence of the thought. Sometimes it takes seconds, sometimes half a minute. Is this okay? You're not interested in observing the thought because that's allowing the mind to dwell in the thought. Instead, you would like to get to a point where as soon as you notice the thought, that's mindfulness, that you're aware of the thought, cut it off and let it go. Because by the time you understand the mental discipline of the full path, where it's right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration, you're going to be learning about what's called the four foundations of mindfulness. And what you'll eventually get awareness of is something called bodily sensations, that before the feelings enter the mind, before anger, hatred, or will in daily life enter into the mind, there's going to be some bodily sensations that you experience prior to that. And in some cases, you're only going to have a very short amount of time to be able to notice those bodily sensations and then cut off that anger that's arising. So if you allow the mind to dwell in the thought, it's not being as responsive to knowing that there is a thought and then being able to immediately cut it off. And this is what you would like to do that by the time you develop your practice in meditation and your eightfold path outside of meditation, that you get to the point where the mind is utterly aware of those bodily sensations that are starting to arise associated with discontentedness. And as soon as you're aware of those bodily sensations, you don't think twice about it. You just cut it off. Whereas if you kind of allow the mind to observe the thought, you know, you didn't mention this, but label the thought or judge the thoughts or anything like that, then the mind's dwelling in that thought. And that's not going to promote the quality of mind that you're looking for. That as soon as you observe the bodily sensations, you would like to cut it off and let it go. In some cases, you're only going to have split seconds to be able to do that. And then as you gradually train the mind and slow the mind down, you'll have more and more time to be able to do that. But again, there's still going to be situations where you have a really strong craving in the mind and it goes right past the bodily sensations and becomes a feeling in the mind. The bodily sensations are there, but you're just not observing them because the mind has so much craving that it goes you know, really quickly through the bodily sensations and into the mind. So you would like to get a handle on controlling the mind in this discipline of the mind so that you can observe that there's a thought sooner and sooner and you can cut it off more and more readily without anything in between that. Thank you, sir. Um, his follow-up question is, did someone experience this? Is there any other tricks you suggest in order to improve the meditation sessions? Thank you. The way that I'm guiding you in meditation is the way that you would like to meditate. I don't hold anything back. There's no you know, secrets that I'm going to hold back. I'm going to share everything with you guys. So with this particular meditation, a breathing mindfulness meditation, it's very simple in terms of its instruction, but it's so powerful in what it's actually doing for you because it's promoting these qualities of mind that you're going to need outside of meditation. So you're just focused on the breath and that's all you 
you're doing. And the mind's going to move off the breath. Even for an enlightened being, it's going to move off the breath every once in a while. But there's going to be these long gaps of peacefulness and stillness and quietness in an enlightened mind where when the mind is unenlightened, there's typically, you know, bombardment of thoughts. You might indulge the thought for a while and kind of follow it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was meditating. And now you cut it off and bring it back. So you'd like to observe that there is a thought. Know that there is a thought. Not observe the thought itself, but just know that there is a thought sooner and sooner and be able to cut it off more and more readily. So the instruction of breathing mindfulness meditation is very simple at its core, but what you're doing with the mind is very beneficial where you just focus on the breath, arising that concentration. You're aware as soon as there's a thought, you cut that off and bring it back. And right now, if you're indulging that thought for a few seconds or even, you know, I remember when I first started, you know, I'd be in meditation following a thought for two, three, four, five, ten minutes. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm meditating. And I'd have to cut that off and bring it back. This is all completely normal, but just get better and better at knowing that there is a thought and then cut it off and let it go. And there's no secrets or anything. I've put everything in chapter 11 around meditation. And then I have a book, volume seven, that is the words of the Buddha about breathing mindfulness meditation. And then a whole bunch of my teachings in there as well, which is just complementing what the Buddha is sharing and helping you to further understand meditation. So between that, I'm not holding anything back. And it might just seem that this is so simple, like the instruction part of it. But what the mind's doing, it really has to be honed and exercised in order to get to the point where it's very proficient in this meditation. Yes, wonderful. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, it does not appear that there are any other questions at this time. Okay. Well, I would like to just thank all of you guys for joining for today's class. And you're welcome to build up your meditation practice. That's what I would advise, you know, starting from last week up until this week and continuing from this point forward. Just keep working to build up your meditation practice. You can come here on Wednesdays at nine o'clock Thai time, whatever time that is in your time zone, and we'll be meditating together. And then I'll open up to any questions that you guys might have because you might have various questions as you go. And then remember, you can also post those in Facebook. You can send a private message or you can schedule a personal guidance session as well. These are the four methods of ways of getting help. You can ask questions in class. You can post a question in the Facebook group. You can send me a private message or schedule a personal guidance session. And between these four options, you'll be able to get more and more clarity on your meditation practice because you would like to gradually build this up because then in two weeks from now, I'm going to be sharing with you loving kindness meditation, which is going to be added on to this breathing mindfulness meditation. So you'd like to build up your ability to do breathing mindfulness meditation so that that way, when we add on loving kindness, it'll just continue to grow. Your practice will just grow from there. So this Sunday, we're going to be continuing with our three-part series on the Eightfold Path. We're going to be in that middle section of right speech, right action, and right livelihood, which is titled the Moral Conduct section of the Eightfold Path. And then next Wednesday, we're going to be doing our third class with breathing mindfulness meditation, helping you guys to build up your meditation practice. So thank you all for joining. We'll see you guys in one of these future classes. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.